Hey, this is for all of our property manager friends of the podcast. Are you looking to add more properties this year? If so, you got to check out Venturi. These guys are at the forefront of what they do. You should see them at conferences, pack presentations, their booths are slammed, and Brooke, their founder, is a huge fan and supporter of the pod. Venturi has built the first and only software and services platform designed specifically to help property managers recruit homeowners and add new inventory to their rental programs. John, these guys are awesome. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then even market to them across multiple channels from landing pages to chatbots and so many more booking tools. Venturi is here to help you collect leads. Their state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation can help you easily track those leads and efficiently communicate with them across your entire team. The system can even automatically follow up with your leads instantly. Knowing that your leads are getting contacted right away is an awesome feature. The best part is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list and a free owner landing page. On top of that is 60 day money back guarantee. Venturi makes it completely risk-free to try it out. They will even send you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo. To learn more, go to Venturi.com forward slash no BS. That's V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash no BS. Or just mention that you heard about them on the No BS short-term rental podcast. Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. More Mateo, how are you? Fantastic. Another week? Questions? No, I'm just kidding. Good morning, John. <laughs> And every time I start off the same way, I got to, I got to, I got to mix it up a little bit. Not a good morning, Mateo. How are you? I, I'll mix it up. Um, yeah, what if it's the afternoon? What if it's the evening? We just well, don't know. No, we record, we record at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Every, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, the interesting thing, and, and we'll go ahead and introduce here. Well, here, we're, we're a little off kilter and that's great. Um, Let's introduce our guest right off the get-go. We have a very interesting guest who is not necessarily in in most of our audiences, I'm probably that you're you might see him on LinkedIn, but not necessarily a short term rental focused. But uh, today we have an amazing guest, uh, Glenn Hausman. He is the number one podcast host in hospitality. He is the host of No Vacancy Live, among other podcasts. One focus on tech, and I'll let him do dive more into it. But we thought it would be great to have Glenn on and talk about some synergies, some differences, some amazing things that have come about between the hotels and short-term rental, vacation rental space. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, John Mateo. It's awesome to be here with you guys this morning. <laughs> this morning, this right. morning for sure. We usually go ahead and we start off the show talking a little right. bit about our guest past and in their in the their story, you know, you and I met uh, probably three and a half, almost four years ago now, if I remember. And we were just yeah, talking about it was pre, it was like 10 or 11 months before lockdowns started. I feel like it was April of 19. 
Yeah. So we, it was in, it was in Puerto Rico. We were at a CHPA conference, a CHIPA conference, and you, uh, <laughs> you interviewed me and I was working for a company called True Place at the time. Right. Um, and you interviewed me and I was nervous and I was sweating and I was, it was like one of my first <laughs> speaking. Sounds like every one of my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting because like, um, you brought what I, what I thought was interesting about mm-hmm. it is you were so animated and you were so energetic in, in how you came across on on video but also audio was really it was pointed and it was it was direct and it was you know there was there was a lots of um what, what's the word i'm trying to look for you know your verbal i i hate verbal effluvium a little too much i can't stand it you got to be succinct you got to make your point you got to get yeah. people listen <laughs> that's, that's me <laughs> sounds like i suffer from that too uh, well don't we don't don't we we all you should hear my no, own sound when, uh, talking about me at dinner time you know mm. <laughs> the, the interesting yeah, thing yeah. is i was i was impressed with 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 you in in your poise and in in the lack and in my lack of poise or my lack of experience in in public speaking and you know really and that was a year or so before even Mateo and I started talking about, hey, we really want to go ahead and do this. We really want to go ahead and, and do a podcast. And obviously, we're part of a hospitality FM family, um, which is you know going all in on audio. Yep. Uh, Will Slickers and what he's yep. doing there. Um, we joined joined that network, and and we've seen great results. But let's talk about your journey. I mean, that's why let's talk about no vacancy. Let's talk about you know your focus on hospitality. How did you get from? you to where you are today. I mean, let, let's, I'd love to hear some numbers too, because <laughs> I look at our numbers and I'm sure. like, sure. I got oh. some numbers for you. 73, 197. Nice. How about that? <laughs> those good, those are good numbers. I uh, also like uh, 18 because I was born on the 18th. But yeah, I know exactly what you're, 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 you're talking about there, what you're getting at. Um, I started um, my No Vacancy with Glenn Hausman audio only podcast about six years ago. Uh, yeah, just about six years ago, give or take a, a month. And since then, so much has changed. In March of 2020, when the uh, COVID crisis began, I stopped doing a weekly audio-only show. And what I liked about that, it was just broken into two segments. Um, one was a long-form interview. The other was a, a shorter-form news kind of uh, focus type of thing with some ad breaks in the middle. But when COVID started, I had access to LinkedIn Live for do video, and we just started going on every single day. I started doing that alone at first. And then um, I, I started doing something with uh, Anthony Melcury. You guys out there might know him as the host of Hotel Impossible. At the time, we were doing a audio-only podcast called Checking In with Anthony and Glenn. So it was only mm-hmm. natural for him to come on. And we just started going on every single day for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it would be, to just try to figure out how we could all get through this together. So things changed. And um, now we wound up doing a show four days a week that's live on video at noon Eastern time. We do a Friday night show, um, myself and uh, my co-host Craig Sullivan and my producer Dave called Friday Night Audit, cocktails mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully some laughs in there as well. We do a hotel design mm-hmm. podcast and um, we're just about to relaunch our hotel tech podcast. So it's exciting to see the industry coming back. And it's great that we, uh, we were invited into everybody's homes during such a critical period in time. I love the uh, I love you, Anthony, and your your banter back and forth. Um, you, uh, you you are both uh, uh, different. Someone does. Oh God, trying to get uh, trying to get a word in sometimes a little toughy, tough, tough there. Just kidding, Anthony. Uh, love you, buddy. You see who I work with? I mean, I totally get that. Yeah, <laughs> totally, Mateo. Right? You know, like, 
What are you going to do? Mateo, maybe you and I should start our own show. Forget those guys over there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm loyal, so we're going to have to keep this, but uh, I'm glad. Hey, we can talk about doing something yeah. different. There's so much out there. I, I, I know. To, I, I like where you're going with this. We'll have a conversation. Uh, like, my heart just did some pitter patters, like... You know what? the loyalty. Yeah, I love that. Uh, John, to oh, be yeah. fair, though, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna create a show called the All BS Podcast, so it'll be very different than what you're. Mm. <laughs> We'd probably oh, be I pretty like good at that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my whole career, actually. But shh, don't tell anyone. So, I mean, you saw a resurgence, or or not necessarily a resurgence, but a you know at the beginning of COVID or the lockdown yeah. and things happened. You you changed, you, you pivoted, like like yeah. a ton of people did. Like like business had to do, like hotels. Where do you see? Let, let's talk about the industry coming back, and as and as a whole, hospitality. Right. Let's talk yeah. about hospitality coming back, yes. and you know from our our eyes, you know, we have the short-term rental vacation rental eyes on it. And that's our, always our first focus. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, obviously we talk about hotels as the, uh, <laughs> the big brother or the okay. early, earlier or the, or the ugly stepchild, however you want to go ahead and look at it. Um, but what, what did you see, you know, when, when COVID was, was, was here and it was strong and, and people were changing, you know, how did that affect hotels? And, and why do you think that it, it positively affected short-term rentals in, in a way that it didn't necessarily affect uh, hotels. All right, so let's break this into two different things, the hotels and the short-term rental thing. And I think it's really important for everybody to know that COVID didn't change everything, in my opinion. Everything was already in place. It's just what COVID did is it accelerated the trends. And for those people that weren't in the know, might have made those trends visible to them for the first time. But you know, John, and you know, Mateo, that uh, short-term rentals has been gaining in popularity for a long time. So mm -hmm. it's not really surprised that now it's bursting through the consumer consciousness where people really understand that. And I think a couple of things are happening to make that uh, the reality. Number one, extended stay hotels in the traditional hospitality sector have really caught on, not just with customers, but specifically with developers. And believe it or not, that is about one quarter of the entire new construction pipeline right now for traditional hotels are extended stay properties. You combine that with what we were seeing in, um, in that short-term rental things with vacation homes and service departments and the like, all of that sector became a lot more technologically sophisticated over the last five or six years. So while you had these things that always existed, it wasn't easy enough for the consumers to really find them in a meaningful way. Right. Now that's changed pre-COVID and during COVID, because of the circumstances, I think a lot more people had the opportunity to sample that particular product. And you know what? Realize they're pretty freaking awesome. Right. You know, with that, are you seeing like a like more of a you know, we talked about a, a quarter of them being sent stays. Well, you know, yep. from us looking into to the hotel industry, we're seeing a lot of like a hybrid model, you know, right. you know, more than just the, the extended stays, but really more of a, a, almost a replication of uh -huh. of a short term model. Right. Um, you know, in that bridge between corporate yep. housing and business travel and, you know, where do you see this going? That's a, that's a whole totally different sector. And as a matter of fact, um, I was just at the Hunter Hotel Investment Conference two weeks prior to us recording this interview. And I hosted a panel with the major franchise exec executives up there, mm -hmm. chief development officers from Wyndham, from Hyatt, from IHG and from Marriott. 
right? And mm -hmm. we were talking about extended stay. I'm like, hey, forget about it. Um, everyone's talking about extended stay. What's next? And I brought up the mm -hmm. whole concept of um, what companies like Mint House are calling residential hospitality. And I think this is really a major convergence that we're going to see between the short-term rental universe and the traditional hospitality universe. So what companies like Mint House are doing and Blue Green and a number of other ones out there, they're creating products, either standalone homes or most likely in apartment buildings that have the amenities and services of traditional hotels, but are much more of the residential experience, not residential design like we see in many hotels around the country, but I mean full up apartments. And I'm seeing this marriage as one that's going to be extremely successful for the typical consumer. It's interesting. I've been saying that forever because I'm newer to this industry, right? right? But I live in Atlanta and yeah. anybody who knows anything about Atlanta knows we have a lot of high, we have lots of multifamily. We have lots of, right. you know, we have lots of vacancy in those buildings. And when I was coming into the industry, I was like, they're going to be building more hotels. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody's going to come in and start and I started right. looking at it. This isn't anything new. Four yeah. Seasons has been doing this. The W has been doing this. Like there's been a merge between people mm -hmm. living in these hotel like style. Again, now it's uh, Mateo. Seasons, I mean, portable. honestly, you got to go back. You go back 100 years or so. People lived in right. hotels regularly. Right. Oh, yeah, so there's sure. a lot of things that yeah. we saw in like the early 1900s that I think are coming back about 15 years ago. All of a sudden, the hospitality industry discovered the magic of the the lobby and restaurants, but it used to be that the hotel was the center of the town and that's where everyone right. went to do stuff, right? right. And they, they right. treated it all like new. So everything old is new again. And you're absolutely right about people wanting to live there, if not for extended period of times, then in different places around the world for shorter period of times, because they're no longer gonna be tethered to a desk like they used to be. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's the game changer, that's the game changer, right? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, so, that's I mean, the, the digital nomad life, if you're not tied down, you know, and I mean, even with 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 a, a small family now with with the ability to go ahead and more and more, you know, choosing the the e-learning or the homeschool option. That's right. Um, you know, it, it makes it more feasible to go ahead and do these things. Um, a lot of times, you know, so I prior to this, uh, I worked in, you know, oh, I still work in tech and on this mm -hmm. side, but, you know, you know, we talk a lot about how the vacation rental short-term rental space is probably three, four, five years behind. Mm -hmm. um, at least it was in tech the ho in, to hotels. But and to be now, fair, hotels themselves are like 50, 60 years behind. So right, right, for sure. <laughs> and then, know, and then the, the corporate back. housing yeah. is is yeah. even lower than short-term. Oh my rental. god! Right. <laughs> it's right. it's still using Excel spreadsheets and DOS-based programs. Um, with that said. The, you know, we're seeing these, you know, come closer and closer together, you know, the, you know, as far as the tech front. And so a lot of what, you know, the tech in the, the, uh, that side of things we're seeing on the short term rental space, like growing and going towards the hospitality and the hotel front. Mm -hmm. What do you think the, you know, what are the big takeaways that hotels took from short term rentals? In outside of obviously residential hospitality as a focus, you know, what are different things that the hotel front has pulled from the vacation rental sector that are like big uh, things moving yeah. forward? All right. I'm not really sure that they are. 
at this point. And it's up to people like us to get them to do that. I see these insane silos in our industry, right? For decades, it made me wonder like, uh, why is the casino business so insanely separated from the hotel business? In Las Vegas, they've got 120,000 hotel rooms, but they treat it as if it's a completely different business. Then you look at what we're talking about here, I, if I was at that Hunter Hotel Investment Conference two weeks ago and I started talking about corporate housing, nobody would know anything about that sector. It seems it's so separate, it's so different that we can't even relate to it, generally speaking, in the hospitality industry. So we all need to do a better job at taking the right lessons from it. The one lessons that I do think we're taking from it now are, oh, people want to stay a little bit longer let's go all in on this extended stay concept, right? Which, you know, you look at Home Two Suites by Hilton, one of the fastest brands to make it to 500 hotels open started in 2011. So that trend is already old. It's time for us to start thinking about the new stuff. And that's where uh, that's where these residential hospitality companies, I think are gonna come in and really create an, an interesting disruption that's both going to engage non-traditional hotel industry investors while also capturing the attention of some of the people that do traditional hotel development today. It's interesting because it, you know the, it's adoption, right? Like it's the adoption of what's out there. Like we were just talking about things that aren't new that are resurfacing mm-hmm. again, but industries in mass. Take a look at hospitality. And like one of the first things I was gonna ask you on this, that's like, when will we ever see this united front of hospitality that is all encompassing, right? Like yeah. it, this kind of ecosystem, like, but the it, industry is always behind the eight ball. And it's typically because people haven't figured out certain ways to monetize things or to see if things are gonna last or if it makes sense. But to me, the winner will be whoever can maximize the right. ability of the asset, whoever's agile enough to be able to get it all right at the end of the day. So, you know, and who's in position to do that? Do you see people at Hunter where, where people talking about those things? Because it's no. interesting. I'm having conversations about no. people with no. people like that in the no. background. And, yeah. and John knows, like, I, the only ones that I've seen that have really been able to kind of in the hotel space be agile enough to pivot like that is the boutiques and they're typically because you have people from with short-term experience working with people who have hotel experience and they've come together and created these really cool and really what we are like oh this is so forward i think this is so great i I think i think the thing that we're looking at here is a difference between you know some old money and new money like look Mm -hmm. at these these amazing hospitality brands and these hotel brands that have been around forever and they, and they they've built a legacy and they are you know and obviously Glenn can list them off really quickly and I'm going to struggle doing it but you know these brands are are we know them we've seen their commercials forever they've been around for hundreds of years and where whereas the short term space you know you have some small you know you have some large brands but they're few and far between and we talk a lot about branding on this show and yeah, I mean Thunder's not a household name yet for example. right for sure but in Vacasa, you know, if we look at Vacasa, that's the biggest brand in in the short term rental space. Right. But you know, who's going to actually do it right? And and still, and it's still new money. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's new. It's it's not it's not yeah. as established in in the, like the the framework of America where mm-hmm. these hotels have been. And so you know, there is 
there's bureaucratic there's lots of different things behind the scenes that uh, are making- no nah, they just ran like the mob and and again it was it's it's a change in culture too and to being a culture podcast we got to talk about that right brands set the tone and because there weren't choices people were like oh well yeah we're gonna go stay here we're gonna stay there this is what you had to deal with right. now it, everyone's scrambling and going the other way and like oh shit what 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 are the guests want what can we provide what can we do and you see it all the way from the cheesy knee-jerk reactions to the very thought very well thought through very well executed you know smaller establishments but we will see the brands rising the casa's got big boy commercials right we saw that we talked about it they're super bowl commercials booking and all these other companies now right super bowl commercials new money newer money well i mean it's there i mean obviously look at look at hopper you know hopper's got a you know Ooh, good uh, shameless plug. I like it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, always. <laughs> oh, get, get used to it. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, look, we've we we're up to a five point five billion valuation in such a short period of time. It's right. but it, but overall, that's that's a hospitality brand. That's an OT. We're not just the short term rental space, and right. we're jumping it, in. Fair, backed by who? Like, who do you have relationships within that space? Capital One. Look at Hopper. I mean, and, I mean, Capital right. One is and, our and, biggest, you know, you know <laughs> biggest flex, you know. But obviously. And that's just, that's a small, small portion of it. You know, the, right. like there's, if I look at, you know, road in the roadmap and which I can't talk about, there's right. some really, really amazing partnerships. Huh? I know just next time, next time <laughs> off the cuff, <laughs> but it's, yeah. you know, so there is money getting injected into the space and, you know, companies, yeah. you know, again, shameless plug seeing, you know, what's going on in the short-term rental right. side of it and saying, Oh shit, we need to get there. We need to be there yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, because they know that it's a market share that they need to go ahead and grab. Right. And on, the, on, on my side of the business, the traditional hotel business, they aren't quite there yet. You see, you know, like Choice Hotels, for example, started to do some vacation home rentals. I think Marriott does that as well. They're mm-hmm. moving in that direction, but they're not doing it in a well thought out, meaningful way yet. They understand there's opportunity there. They just don't yet know what that opportunity is and how to capitalize on it. And soon enough, they'll get there. Right now, they're still five years behind with getting all uh, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs overextended stay when they should be going already onto the next thing, the next two things that are going to be out there. I mean, to be fair. Fear. That's a that's a knee jerk because they're they're playing from behind, right? They're like, they oh, we, we we got to get on this. We got to. But isn't that shame on them? They have all the resources to be forward thinking and trend setting. Where is that disconnect? Like mm, at the I'll, end of the line, like, yeah. how does that? You know what I'm saying? Because it's not I, like I it's just a business run by old. I, I mean, the infrastructure is old, but I know lots of young forward thinking people that leave those environments and go do amazing things. Uh, Yeah. And that's why you see smaller companies, newer companies coming on the scene that probably will get bought up at some point by the large hospitality companies. The problem with the major hospitality companies, and this is not a slight against hospitality companies, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of cases it has to do with large companies that have been around for a while. You have all of this very specific momentum, but you can't just stop it and turn. Their whole business You know, the major hotel companies is based on selling franchises for their brands and charging vendors a lot of money to sell to those owners and go to their annual conferences for their trade shows and taking money for marketing fees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Plus probably some other stuff that's not top of my head right now. But so they're so entrenched in that 
they're not necessarily paying attention to what that next thing is and how they should be able to capitalize on it. What I'm seeing right now with the short-term rental business um, with both standalone houses and apartments is absolutely phenomenal. And I can't believe the major hotel companies, well, I can believe it, are not getting in it in a meaningful way yet. They're missing out on great opportunity. I mean, I know a lot of really smart men and women that are leaving the regular hospitality business and going over to these companies now. To be right. fair, you know, Marriott Homes of Villains is crushing it. You know, they're, they're doing, they, they came in and, and they're, you know, they, they took that Marriott brand and they're doing, what they're doing with, with Homes of Villas isn't necessarily, you know, what everyone's doing it, but, you know, these property management companies are seeing a, a decent ROI with that partnership, right? you know, and, and, yeah. and, and looking at like, even the, the contract that they're signing is, is pretty stringent. It's like, it's not like a, like an easy, like, you know, there, there's so lots of different, uh, some heavy wording in there and, and there's lots of concessions to go ahead and partner with, you know, Homes of Villas. And with that said, they're still doing it because they recognize the brand. They yeah. recognize the, you know, the close user group you're going ahead and, and, and getting with the mm -hmm. focus on that inventory that you might not be getting directly through your, your Airbnbs and your, your Verbos right. and all these other, you know, channels. Yeah, because people that go to Airbnb are already open to that particular type of product where folks right. that yeah. are Marriott Bonvoy members may not have been exposed to that yet. So it's a great opportunity for them to reach out to their active member base for for those types of products, for sure. And they learn, right? They saw what Hilton did with Oasis. They, mm -hmm. Because what I think Marriott did and, and is doing very well is they took their time and they built their path, right? They, they built their path, which was going to be successful. How do we take Bonvoy, plug this in and make this an asset, right? Because now we have this generation of travelers that, you know, want me, hey, if they can plug points into not just hotels, hey, awesome, they'll do it, great job. And being able to see that and not do it in a way that it didn't seem as knee jerk as everyone else is like, oh, we got to hurry up and get in this before it's too late. Uh -huh. You know, they did their time, they built it out. It's not perfect. They're still building it. They're perfecting it. And it's working right from all intents, from everything we can see, it's working, it's working well, and there's value in it. So, you know, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, how can the traditional old money play in the yep. space and play well? well yeah, we got absolutely. one example and we'll see where it goes. Hey, Glenn, I got a question for you. What, from, from your perspective, what as an industry, as in the, our vertical, the short-term rental vacation vertical, what what are we doing great and what do we suck at like what do we need a lot of work on in terms of short-term rental you said yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh, i think you guys are doing great with uh, the technology aspect of it so far generally speaking you're ahead of the traditional hospitality industry right a lot of the major hotel companies are still stuck with legacy systems and stuff um you i feel generally speaking there's a younger mindset with folks in the short-term rental business they're open to trying new things it's easier it's kind of like it's kind of like this one thing i remember um, when i started doing um, speaking engagements and stuff i would talk about how it's not that we can't learn new things when we get older or in this case a company it's just that we don't want to put in the time energy and effort to it right it's why my grandparents could never figure out how to leave them you know to create the message on the answering machine it's why my parents couldn't figure out how to program the VCR and it always blew up back in the day, right? Yes. They yes. could do it. Yes. They just don't they didn't want, want to do it. Yeah. And now yeah. that I'm on the other side of that age gap, there's certain things that I don't want to deal with. I don't want to be bothered with. So 
I tend to pretend it doesn't exist. And that's what some of the major hotel companies are doing, pretend certain things don't exist, whereas the short-term rental industry is doing a great job at doing that. You guys are doing a great job at making sure the, the public can find these types of properties. I'm seeing more stories in the news about these types of properties. So there's a groundswell. Plus, you're tapping into the digital nomad, generally speaking, much better than um, some of the major hotel companies are doing. You're able to fully leverage opportunities for multi-generational travel in ways that the major hotel companies only put lip service to. One of the major companies, and I'm not saying names of hotel companies because I don't want to get anybody all- Yeah, you know, no, we get uh, it. But one of the major hotel companies finally, last year, introduced you can confirm a connected room. Like, you kidding me with that? Just last year? And why aren't the other companies doing this already, right? I said, right. my kids now, I have twin boys. They just turned 18 this month. I don't care if they're in a different part of the hotel. I'd prefer it. But when right. we were traveling and they were like 12 and they'd be in like down the hallway or something like that. I mean, it was fine, but it's not really what we wanted as a family, right? right. Short-term right. rental business seems to have figured that out either by the the structure of their properties or just by using smart technology, right? Yeah. Um, as far as what short-term rentals can do to um, be Im improve and stuff like that, I think it's really just a matter of time. I think it's just a, a matter of continuing to uh, shake the trees, get Wall Street to understand what's going on, get real estate investors to understand what's going on. So there's a lot of low-hanging fruit in that sense, I think, that this industry could be really successful at. I look at some of the uh, the companies that I'm talking to, and I've been, I've been dealing with short-term rental companies, like going in and helping them understand the hotel industry. Mm -hmm. um, I've also been doing... Um, programs to help them to be better communicators and stuff like that as they're going out on the road trying to sell their right. stuff. And I really, I really see that they're ready, they're learning, they're thinking, and they're planning. So while they may not get there just yet, they know that they will be getting there. And a lot of these companies seem to have a real definitive path of success, whereas the traditional hotel industry is still saying, what's this short-term rental? I know we should be involved, but how mm -hmm. you know and, and when we're seeing on our end where there's so much money getting getting shot into this big you yeah. talked about low-hanging fruit like the consolidation and the the absolute like mass buying in on 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 real estate to turn specifically into sdrs mm -hmm. is is phenomenal and in something yeah. that you know we started seeing um you know during covid and everyone really started noticing it really started building you know and I wouldn't say it's peaked. It hasn't peaked yet, but it's become, but it's, it's becoming more expensive. The, mm -hmm. like the early land grabs, um, yeah. where there's pretty, some insanely phenomenal deals, um, which, you know, they're not finding those deals anymore because everyone's uh, a little bit wiser now with what's happening. But yeah, we're, we're seeing that like the injection of money we're mm -hmm. seeing like the wall street is waking up and yeah. look at, look at the companies going public. I mean, yeah. you know, Airbnb went public, obviously Vacasa went public and like, there's lots of money. Mm -hmm. I mean, who, who just went public uh, two weeks ago? Was it Sonder? That was uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's insane. Mm -hmm. What, yeah. where, what's new for Glenn? Like, you know, you listed about, you know, five different projects you're doing, you know, right now. And, you know, yeah. and we appreciate you chatting about the short-term rental space and, you know. In sure. the, I love it. 
you know, but what, where are, is Glenn going? What are, what are you doing? What are your plans? Um, yeah. what, what's new on the horizon? Well, you know, one of the things about um, working in the, the technology and communication fields that we do is you kind of keep it fresh. You got to think differently, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I'm at an interesting uh, juncture right now in, in my career, right? Um, I thought I was in a good place, then COVID hit, and I was uh, I'm up against the wall. I lost mostly everything. Um, obviously nobody's going to hire me for speaking gigs and to do advertising behind if the entire world feels like it's falling apart. Right. Right. So I struggled a lot for the first few months after COVID, but coming out at the other end of it, I don't know how, but now I'm in seem to be in a much better position than I ever have been before the universe is smiling on me right now. I think, cause I put out a lot of good positive energy, um, during the worst time and in our collective business lives and personal lives that, Uh, people recognized what Anthony and I have been doing over the last couple of years. And now I'm in this unique position of having to be able to leverage this opportunity. So figuring out, am I going to F it up or am I going to really be able to turn into success? So my next phase is I really need to get back in there and do more consulting with companies behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. Mm -hmm. help them understand the hospitality business while also I'm able to provide that skill set for speaking and communication but I also love being on stage more than anything. And I'm, I'm looking to amp up and ramp up the amount of speaking gigs I do. Next month, I'll be speaking um, for Choice Hotels um, in Vegas. I'll be doing something for IHG Hotels in Vegas as well. And um, Anthony and I are doing a uh, big luncheon for uh, SCAL USA, which is a tourism leadership association, which are giving us uh, a tourism leadership award for all of the work that we did during the uh, the COVID crisis. So it's going to be a busy month. Oh, and I'm also doing a speaking gig with uh, HSMAI in May as well, Hospitality awesome. Sales and Marketing Association. So hmm. I really want to focus more on helping people in person um, with thought leadership and getting them to understand all of the details and nuances and things that I've picked up over my near 30 years now. I'm hmm. loving this business more than anything. So uh, if I could do that, then I'll be uh, happy. Like, for example, I know you're publishing this this week. Next week, um, we're going to be at AHOA, the Asian American Hotel Owners um, Annual Conference in uh, Baltimore, where we're the official, um, the official podcast of AHOA Con 22. So I'm excited to be broadcasting live from there as well. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's Congratulations. Like, yeah. You know, when, uh, when Mateo and I started this thing, this is what, episode 48. Um, nice. We've been doing it less than a year. Well, this this month it's uh, April. Yeah, this is our this is our anniversary month. Ooh, congratulations! So, you know, we didn't expect. We didn't know what to expect. We we yeah. knew that we had yeah. a, a, had something different. We knew mm-hmm. we didn't want to come and do tips and tricks. We yeah. knew we we wanted to focus on news and culture and and really kind of you know the the yeah. framework the you know the the fabric of the industry, um, and it's it's been successful. I'll talk about how many. Like how many podcast episodes have you produced? That's a, well, no vacancy live. Um, the day that you release this will be episode 613 of that series. Holy I've shit. done 54 of the Friday night audit shows. I've done, we just relaunched our hotel design podcast. That was monthly. I've done probably about 25 of those, but we talked to the top designers in the entire Mm -hmm. world. For example, uh, just talked to, um, we just did a show with Paul Steelman, who's designed your favorite casino resort. Whatever one that might be, he probably had something something to to do with it. Um, 
So we get we get to talk to a lot of great people. I'm looking forward to relaunching our tech podcast because we're going to be talking to those investors, those very high level uh, people that are actually making the big changes in the industry. Right. So uh, a lot of really cool stuff with uh, with the number of shows that we've done, and we're just going to keep on chugging away with four new no vacancies a week, one new Friday night audit every Friday. That's insane. I couldn't That's imagine awesome. doing four. I mean, but you know, this is again our our today. This is our side right. gig, uh, yeah. so it's. Uh, I mean, in you know, Mateo and I talked about this a lot. This is this is like one of the highlights of our week, if not the highlight. Like we love Definitely. these conversations. You know, I I know in the year that we've been interviewing the people that I've met that I've never actually had a you know I might have met them you know a colleague of mine we might have had some surface conversations but to actually dive deep and, and get to know people a little bit better and then the next time you see them that relationship's tighter man it's it's invaluable it's amazing it is and you know we do a show for an hour every day and we really get in depth with people now i know internet culture and stuff like that it's hard to digest an hour of content every day but hopefully people are you know our, our audio feed does great because i know yeah. people are listening to it while they're commuting walking mm -hmm. the dog exercising all of that kind of stuff um, but i like to keep it on video as well because we can see each other right yeah. as yeah. we're recording this we're looking at each other it makes it a little bit more impactful a little bit more uh real and i think because of it people reveal a little bit more than they expected to or Maybe it's just because mm. Anthony and I are so darn charming. Yeah, I, truly, that's that's where I was going with it. Um, charming. <laughs> you could change anything about how just the podcast lifestyle yeah. or, or putting a content in, you know, being a content creator. Like, what do you think, like, in that, you know, we're, we're not that's not we're not talking about hospitality, right? We're talking about content creation. Where does that this need to go in your mind to to elevate? Uh, mostly, I just like to be Timothy Chalamet because I think then uh, people pay more attention to me and I can <laughs> in my life. Um, I don't know exactly where this is all going, honestly. Um, I, that's the whole thing about the future. You can just kind of take your best guess um, and take an opportunity, um, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, fail gracefully and try to do right. something else, right? Yeah. In, our, in yeah. our universe, we seem to uh, be fortunate enough to forget all of those failures and we only see each other's successes for the most part. So try things. I like to do different stuff, see what works, what doesn't work, what feels right for me as a human being and as a professional uh, communicator. So again, in the future, I just want to get back on stage as much as possible. I miss the energy of being in the room with people so uh, that I've been going to a lot of events, but the, the speaking gig thing is just now starting to really pick up. But there's nothing to me that I like more than being on stage at a major hotel industry event with over a thousand people in the audience. And you know that they're listening to you. That to me is the highest high. And if there's anything I can do to catch that buzz, that feeling, that's what I'm looking for in my career. And hey, if I happen to make some money off of it too, not a bad thing. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of no. necessary in today's day and age, but, you know, yeah, it's, well, uh, I found though, I mean, generally speaking, um, for me, uh, I found it more important to do what I was passionate about. And I figured the money would always work itself out and it always has. So if you don't know what you're doing in, in your life, figure out really what it is you love. Do that as passionately and as hard as you freaking possibly can. And you will make money. At yeah. It. I mean, it's it's interesting because that's what, you know, Mateo and I, when we, we started talking about sponsorships and we said, you know, yeah. we're not going to go ahead 
and and we, we we're, we're looking forward to some amazing sponsorships with that said we're not going to change who we are we're not going to change how we go right. ahead and and put this podcast out if we want to say fuck shit whatever we can go ahead and do that and in okay. no, a sponsorship isn't going to go ahead and and, hold, and we'd rather make zero money mm-hmm. um as opposed to changing the format and who we are and how we want to go ahead and communicate with our audience uh, right you should never ever ever go against the true nature of yourself you will never be happy you will be filled with regrets and you won't be as successful now say that again. Right. Cool. I wish we could put asterisk on the screen and yeah. rewind and listen to mm-hmm. that again. No, that's that's spot on. I wish I knew some of this stuff when I was younger, and I wish that um, people shared these things more often. And I'm trying as hard as I can to speak to uh, as many college students as possible and right. to share the gospel on my show when I can, because um, I figured out everything in my career just by doing stuff or accidentally. Right. Mm-hmm. I never really felt like I had somebody, a shaman or a guide or something like that to take me through and to From figure out how. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, early on in my career, um, I had a I, I had a boss. I was writing for a, a free giveaway music magazine here on Long Island when I was in my early 20s. And I was filled with passion and enthusiasm. I was getting paid an incredible $18,000 a year to write this free magazine. Right. All right. I couldn't afford to leave my parents' house, but you know, what are you going to do? I was so filled with excitement at my first real job. And I'd I'd write my article up and I'd hand it to the editor. I'd be like, so what do you think? How can I improve? He goes, that's fine. And that would be the end of it. You know? So uh, I never felt like I had anybody that would really guide me. That being said, some great advice I have for people is try to engage people that are farther along in your career. Um, They want to help you. If you Mm -hmm. ask them, so many people are shy about that and say, oh, they won't want to take time. Then I'll owe them whatever. Honestly, if you get help with somebody by asking them, they're going to put more effort into it because they want to see themselves succeed through you as much as you want to succeed for yourself. So it's almost like get people to help you. They'll wind up actually helping you and feel they owe you. That's a that's an interesting thought. I never really. I mean, I've I, seen I could it, see. I've seen it time and time again. It's strange. no, and I, I could definitely see it. You know, looking at, you know, looking at my career, especially you know, if we, if we look at, I've had a really interesting career, but leading up to the hospitality space, you know, we're in here in short term rentals. You know, there's been some amazing bosses, amazing you know management mm-hmm. on top of me, and then then there's been you know some that are you know, you, you take you know, you get some great. Not every organization you work with, everyone's amazing, you know, and you pull these nuggets here and there, but I, I don't really think I've had a overall like a mentor, right. um, you know, and I, and I still obviously I know nothing. And, you know, ask Mateo, I know nothing. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the day, you know, when, when there's more knowledge and I can go ahead and, and get back as well. You know, and, and we get back as much as we can, you know, with different organizations and stuff we're, we're affiliated with and different committees we're on and, you know, any, every little thing can help, but, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this, uh, this afternoon, I'm going to be speaking to a group of students at Boston University to help them with a research project. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Awesome. Well, hey, Glenn, thanks so much for joining the pod, man. We really thanks. appreciate it. It's been interesting to kind of kind of look at both sides of things. And um, I'd love to chat with you and, you know, in six months and a year and kind of see how things have changed. I'd love to see how our two verticals come together. I would love to see if we were right. to talk to you in a year and to see that the, these verticals are closer together and there's more synergies and we're actually working together. Mm-hmm. 
on certain things. And I mean, it's obviously we're not going to work together and everything, but I'd love to see that. I would love to as well. So let's get back together here in a year and complain about how that hasn't happened yet and why the industry still can't get their act together to, to do that. That's probably, probably a really good <laughs> foresight. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate you. Have Thanks, guys. One, Appreciate Thanks you. For Thanks for having me. me.